This is Dr. James Cruz, Medical Director of Wayne Memorial Community Health Centers with your Wayne Memorial Health System COVID-19 update for Monday, December 28th. So uh, over the past week, the U.S. has seen 1.3 million new cases with 15,000 new deaths. Now, this is slightly lower than the week before, but I think that's probably almost certainly because of the the lag and reporting around Christmas holidays and, you know, some of the the testing centers were closed on Friday. Um, so I think we'll see a, a much bigger spike next week. We had a, and we had about 500, 550 new cases in Wayne and Pike County last week. So still the case load is very high up here. COVID-19 is now the leading cause of death in the U.S., recently passing up uh, both heart disease and all cancer deaths. To be the leading cause of death. So, you know, the pandemic is really in full swing here. There's a lot of positive news coming out, but I think the next month is going to be pretty bad. I think particularly after the holidays, we'll see a big spike related to, to travel and family gatherings. So I did want to talk about something I don't think we've talked about in a while is what do you do if you uh, are close contact and what do you do if you're diagnosed with COVID or have symptoms? So first of all, if you're if you're close, if you've had a close contact, someone notified you that they tested positive and you were around them uh, within that 48 hours before their symptoms began or uh, 48 hours before their positive test, what do you do? Well, first of all, don't freak out. Call your doctor. You know, don't run and get tested immediately if you don't have any symptoms because a test too early is really going to miss it and you're kind of wasting testing resources. You'll have to quarantine anyway. You know, I recommend waiting a few days, like kind of five to seven days after exposure um, to get tested, as long as you don't have symptoms. And you'll, you'll, you will need to quarantine between seven and 14 days, depending on your situation. Remember, uh, you can quarantine for probably seven to eight days if you get a negative test about day six after exposure. You're going to get a negative test, quarantine for at least seven days, and um, you can get out of your quarantine you can also quarantine for 10 days if you don't get tested, but we really recommend everybody get tested if they've been exposed just to help with, with tracking and, and, you know, their exposures and figuring out other people that need to be quarantined. However, if you're a healthcare worker or in another profession where you're at high risk of, of spreading it, then you really need to quarantine for 14 days instead of that seven or 10. Now, take quarantine very seriously. If there are other people living in your home and they were not exposed in that exposure, then stay in another room, use another bathroom if possible. And I don't know if I've talked about this recently, pay attention to ventilation. Uh, if you're able to crack the window open in your room, if it's not too cold, that will be beneficial. If the household's on like central, central heat, you know, fan forced heat throughout the home, if possible, close the vent in your room and use a room heater, like electric heater, to heat your individual room so you're not part of the air circulation in the house or not as much a part of the air circulation in the house. Uh, you know, doing those sort of things won't, will not prevent folks in your household uh, from having to quarantine if you wind up testing positive, but it will reduce the risk of getting it. You know, household members um, – who you know the CDC considers that that you cannot completely keep household members isolated enough to say well you don't need to quarantine anyone else try to isolate as much as possible to prevent them from getting it but they will still have to quarantine if you wind up being positive 
if you're not positive and don't have symptoms, then they don't need to quarantine. But if your test does become positive, you know, at that kind of five to or you know five to eight day range, then they will all have to start quarantining. Um, there are some things that may be beneficial. Um, we know that folks that are vitamin D deficient have a, a worse outcome, so I, I kind of recommend taking vitamin D if you haven't, if you're not already. There's also evidence that folks that are already on aspirin have a better outcome. Now, there's no evidence that starting a person on aspirin after they've been diagnosed with COVID makes a big difference, but it's probably because the data is not there. So I tend to recommend patients start taking vitamin D, and if they don't have a if there's not a reason they shouldn't take aspirin, like bleeding ulcers or they're on a blood thinner or you know, allergy or something, I recommend they go ahead and start an aspirin also. I would also consider like maybe a multivitamin with zinc. Those things really have not been proven to be effective, but there's some hints of it. There's some people say that it may be, and certainly I don't think a multivitamin with zinc is going to do any harm. Uh, but really pay attention to your quarantine. Uh, do everything you can to keep everyone around you safe. Now, and if you develop symptoms, then certainly you need to go ahead and get tested then. So now what if you're diagnosed with COVID? Uh, first of all, once again, don't freak out. Call, call your doctor if they don't, they're not the ones that called you and let you know about the test. Uh, I, you know, I, I think you, the case fatality rate right now of COVID-19 is running about 1 in 60. So, you know, that's, that's pretty scary. That's pretty high. You know, the, a 1 in 60 chance of dying over the next month, I'd, I'd be kind of – you know, that's very serious, but the odds are you're going to be okay because 59 out of 60 are okay. Um, you know, uh, so take it seriously, but don't freak out. Um, most of the care is supported, really. There's not a lot of care, care that's done unless you really start having significant breathing problems or hospitalized or, or, or things like that. Um, you know, once again, I'd consider the vitamin D, aspirin, and maybe a multivitamin with zinc that I already discussed. Uh, Tylenol, or you can do ibuprofen or naproxen, one of the NSAIDs for uh, fever. There was initially some question about, you know, well, should we do NSAIDs? But it really looks like they're okay. Rest and stay hydrated. Uh, your doctor's office should, should follow up with you every two to three days. Um, if you have a pulse ox at home, which a lot of people do, monitor your pulse ox. Um, they, you know, most people, if you don't have lung disease, run, run over 97%, 97, 98, something like that. Um, if you run normal in that 96 to 99 range and you drop below 94%, that's a time to start getting concerned. Um, not necessarily go to the ER, but really pay attention to your symptoms, communicate with your doctor. If you're pulse heart usually runs normal and you drop below 90% or you drop more than six points from your baseline, that's when you need to go to the emergency room. Now, if you don't have a pulse ox, I mean, pay attention to symptoms of shortness of breath. I think this is important. Most people with, with symptomatic COVID have some shortness of breath with like going upstairs. So that, that's pretty normal. When you start getting concerned is if you can't, if you're having to stop and catch your breath going upstairs or you have trouble doing household chores like, you know, preparing food, making a sandwich, uh, getting dressed. Those are those are, are, are when you should start getting concerned um, and communicate with your doctor. When you uh, should go to the emergency room is if the shortness of breath is severe, you're short of breath at rest, you're unable to talk in full sentences, or it's really just interfering with very basic activities. For those things, go go to the ER. Also, if, if you don't have anyone to take care of you at home and you're getting worse, then I'd go to the ER sooner. 
you know, there's some other other ideas out there about, you know, steroids, inhalers. Um, steroids really have not been shown to be beneficial in outpatients who are not sick with COVID. They are beneficial in folks that are hospitalized. But um, we really only recommend steroids if you have asthma or COPD, and we think there's an asthma or COPD exacerbation going on. I think the same thing with inhalers. If you have asthma and you're feeling tight or short of breath or wheezing, use your inhalers. But there's not much evidence that, that uh, using inhalers um, in folks that don't have those things are very beneficial. Basically, though, it, it's, it's rest. Oh, and also, um, you know, symptomatic control for your, you know, symptoms, sore throat, gargle with warm salt water, cough, you know, you use over-the-counter cough medications like, you know, Robitussin DM and that sort of stuff. Uh, those things are fine. But a lot of it's supportive and just really resting and taking care of yourself and staying hydrated. Um, the other thing, though, know, on the good news is the vaccines are here for healthcare workers at least. Last Monday, at, we, got a, we got the Moderna vaccine at Wayne Memorial Community Health Centers. Uh, it was a little surprise on Monday morning. We thought we were going to get it later in the week, but we were, it was a happy surprise, and we started giving out doses on Monday. We've given out about 150 doses so far and really just had one mild allergic reaction of hives that resolved with Benadryl. Um, I got mine. One of the, I was one of the first people that got mine on Monday afternoon, really more to make sure everybody felt comfortable that I was willing to take it and not scared of it. Um, and my side effects were very mild. I just had some arm soreness, you know, maybe more, more than like when I get my flu shot, but not got crazy arm pain. Um, just a mild soreness and really no other fatigue, headache, uh, fever. Although some people do get kind of fatigue, achiness, fever, headache, those sort of things are common side effects, but really we're not seeing a lot. Um, if you've had the vaccine, I think it's important to realize the vaccine does not cause cough, sore throat, loss of taste or smell, vomiting, diarrhea. Those are more, those are symptoms of another illness or COVID. So, Particularly if you have that loss of taste or smell or cough, even if you've had the vaccine, don't just chalk that up to the vaccine. Talk to your doctor about that. The vaccines are here. Hopefully, soon we'll be rolling it out to community members, and I'll let y'all know when that starts happening. This is Dr. James Cruz, Medical Director of Wayne Memorial Community Health Centers with your Wayne Memorial Health System COVID-19 update for Monday, December 28th. Remember, you can hear this update anytime you'd like using the Radio Bowl podcast site. Go to RadioBowl.com slash COVID-19 to hear all of our updates anytime.